This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Alexander City, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Um, I want to welcome you. I am Pastor Sandy, and we want to say that we're so glad that you're here with us today at Passion Church. This is our ninth annual Just Believe Women's Conference. And I'm telling you, like I said, we usually have a speaker. We, we change up every year. We'll have it. Sometimes we have one come from outside. Then we'll use uh, gifts inside the house. But this year, due to everything going on, we've used an, all of our women that are in the house And we're calling this our roundtable discussion, uh, where we're going to have some heart-to-heart discussions with you because we wanted you to know that you're not in this alone, that we are here with you, and we're in this together. Amen. Um, I think we got one more lady. Who are we missing? Tasha. Oh, there she is. She's our giveaway girl, huh? But once again, we want to say welcome, and those ladies now continue to watch, too, with us, please, so that you can be blessed and and make comments. We've got someone watching. Uh, If you've got a prayer request, if you'll put that on there, she'll be sure and write it down. If that's something you want kept private, you can go visit our Facebook page or our website page, and you can put in requests in there that are sent to us directly to the church. Uh, but also put on there, enter me, because they will one more time. Or I think, no, we're done, aren't we? We're all done. I'm sorry. But we're going to give gifts away again tomorrow. So be sure and tune in tomorrow. we got plenty more gifts uh, to give away tomorrow. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and pray before we sit down and begin to, uh, to talk. And just to let you know a little bit about what we're going to do in the format is that each lady is going to share a little something from her heart or her experience, you know, maybe a scripture, an encouraging word, and then they're going to pray over that situation. And I believe that tonight that everybody that's here And everybody that's watching, there's going to be something or some things that you've been going through. And God's going to touch your heart and touch your life. I'm even believing tonight there's people watching maybe for the first time. And they're going to give their hearts to Jesus. We'll make an opportunity for that too. I'm telling you, there's healing in the house, both physically, spiritually. God wants to make you whole in every area of your life. So, Father, right now, we just thank you. Oh, God, let our mouths, Lord, to tonight declare your word let them declare your heart let everybody that's here and that's watching online and live and youtube and later on on the podcast that god that they will hear your heart tonight they hear your words pricking their heart pricking their spirit bringing wholeness and healing and life and victory In Jesus' name, we bind up that spirit of fear and depression. We bind up the spirit, God, of oppression. We bind up the spirit of strife and division. And we declare a peace and a joy and a rest come upon your women tonight. And we give you all of the praise and we give you all of the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and we're going to let Tasha...
be first. Amen. So we just want to make sure, uh, John, can you just check everything, make sure you can see all of us and everything on there? Okay. All right. They're watching. Just be patient with us. Like I said, this is our uh, first time doing this, and we all do have mics, so hopefully you won't get any screeching. Just be patient. But most of all, hear what's coming from the hearts of women. And I believe Tosh is going to share a little bit about singleness. Amen. Okay, there we go. I'm on. Um, I'm going to talk about singleness, and as Pastor Sadie said, my name is Tasha. Um, well, I am single. I once was married, but I got a divorce. Um, it all comes down to clarify that I was married to someone who began to feel insecure about himself. Um, he asked me to quit my job. I quit my job. I was going to school. And I quit school to stay at home, and then I began to have kids and became an at-home mom. Well, later off into the marriage, it began to get so bad to where if we were somewhere, if somebody said hi to me, he would get so jealous and possessive that it got to where I could not go to the mailbox, I could not go to the trash can, I had to make out a list for him to go to the grocery store. Um, later on into it, he woke up one day and asked me to stop going to church. That was the deal breaker. <laughs> I felt like I loved my husband, but I loved God more. I was in a home to where I was raised that you always put your trust and faith in God first. God is the head of our life. We never should put materialistic things or anyone else before God. So I told him I wasn't going to stop going to church, and he considered it. He just kept on. So one day he was like, well, since you're not going to stop going to church, I'm going to get a divorce. I said, okay, Lord. I said, I love him, but I love you more. Every day I wake up, I thank God because I feel like I made the right decision in my life. Was it easy? No. But every day with God, it became easier because I was a woman who knew I wanted to be in the church and I wanted to raise my children in the church. I have two daughters and a son. Yes, with the son, it was trying, but God, no, I love him and I thank God for him because he's the best son in the world. Never been in trouble, always do everything, and I just thank God that he was here in the church. At 11 years old, he got filled with the Holy Ghost, Amen. and I thank God for that. You know, he received God, and um, they also received the evangelist license, both of my kids. My kids did, but, you know, raising a man child, there was things that I could not teach him, but one thing I could was the Word of God. Keeping him in the house was the best thing that I felt like I could do with my children. Um, there were days I would wake up and I would look at certain things because I was looking at, I was one of those parents who were not able to get Medicaid. I didn't get food stamp. I didn't get Section 8. I had to work after getting a divorce. I worked, and there was time where I worked two jobs, but it was only because of God that we made it. And there were days that I was like, God, why could everybody else get on supplements, but I couldn't? And one day, um, it was on a Wednesday night, I came to church, and I was just like, this girl was like, I just got $1,000 in food stamps, and I was in my feelings. But as I came to church that night, and I was like, Lord, you know, 
I'm just going to thank God. And when I got here, pastors started talking about the goodness of God and that we were God's children. And because of us being God's children, that we were not to actually demand or just wait on supplements or aid and welfare. And when I saw this in the Bible, I'm like, hold up. I said, Lord, I'm sitting here complaining all the time. I have everything because of you. I did not get those things because those were not the things that God wanted me to have. He wanted me to trust and depend on him. With me trusting and depending on God all these years, it got me through. And I look at the fact that how I raised my kids. They all graduated from high school, all got good jobs. My son was an outstanding student. Graduated the top of his class. By the time he was in 11th grade, he was already finished with his credentials. He got a chance to go to college during that summer on welding. And so I look at it, I thank God for that. And, you know, he began to ask me, Mom, well, I'm working, I'm saving money. I was like, yeah, I said, continue to save money. So he did. So when he graduated, I bought him his first car. So I got him that Mustang, and I was so proud of myself. And um, after a while, he got it. He was like, Ma, I think I want me a six-speed. And I'm like, you want what? So he wanted another Mustang. He purchased a Mustang at the age of 19, not needing a co-signer because of the simple fact he trusted God. He put God first and kept him and saved and went and got that car. And I just thank God for that. Even my daughter, she, um, baby girl, did the same thing, bought her a car. She decided, Mom, 19, I want to go get another car. I'm like, girl, I just got you this car. She was able to go get her car in her name as well. So I just think that if you're a single mother, don't sit and dwell on something you don't have or won't. Put God first. Get your children. Bring your children to church. Worship God. Show them how to worship God. Show them how to put him first and watch things change in your life. Things will change quick, fast, and in a hurry. At the drop of a dime, there was days where it almost looked like God is impossible, but he always made a way. We never had to go without food. We never had to go without anywhere to stay. So I do. I thank God every day that I was not one of those people who had to depend on the supplements of the aid because God was my supplement. He was my supplier. He was my everything. And I just thank him every day for everything that he's doing in my life and in my children's life. And with them going on out and they getting jobs and in school and doing good, my daughter go to UAB and um, she was working at Mercedes. Mercedes closed down when the coronavirus hit. And she was like, Ma, I got a car payment. I said, and you telling me this because of what? <laughs> she was like, I don't got a job. I said, well, don't worry. I said, have we ever went without anything? She was like, no. So two weeks on into not working, she kept on saying, Ma, I need a job. I said, well, just go pray about it. Tell God what you need. Well, she prayed about it, and she already had put in the application at Amazon. Well, with her putting the application in at Amazon, after the third week, they called her and asked her was she still interested in the job. And she said she was interested in the job. She got there the job, and she was only at the job for a week. And they promoted her to ambassador. So she went from making 1950 to 2350. So tell me what 19-year-old is blessed like that. So I told her, I said, see, all the things you were sitting there 
trying to put on yourself, I told you, let it go, take it to God, and he always make a way. But my thing for any mother out there that's single, you're not alone. Just know that you got God and you can trust him. And if you're not in the church, I'm inviting you personally here to Passion Church, Alexander City, 63. Come, we will pray with you. We will help you, feed you in your children the word. We would love to have you here to just let you know that there's nothing that God cannot do. My son, um, he also had suffered with asthma. With him having asthma, it was, there were days where I was like, God, I know you're going to make a way. Had the Blue Cross Blue Shield, dad kept him on the insurance, but the medicine alone every month was $350. I was paying it with no help from his dad, and it was just only God. And I was like, Lord, I was like, one day, I said, you know what? I'm not even going to pay for this medicine anymore. I said, because my son's going to get healed. And I just kept continuing praying, healing over him. And we came to church, and lo and behold, Brother Danny Johnston was here. He will be here Sunday, too. So I'm inviting you all to church to come see this man. He's awesome. I was already praying and saying, God, you know what? I'm not paying $350 anymore for this medicine. My son not going to have asthma. I told him to start praying about it, and we was going to believe it. This man came to this church. He prayed for my son. My son was like, Ma, I feel good. I'm like, really? He's like, yeah. I was like, okay. We go back to the doctor. Doctor checked me. He was like, there's no more sign of asthma. He no longer needs this medicine. So when I say you have to put your trust and faith in God, go to the word. There are healing scriptures. There are all types of scripture, financial. Don't just sit there thinking you don't have. You have, but you've got to put the word in it. You've got to pray and keep him first in your life. So I do. I thank God for everything that he has done in my life and in my children's life. So for any single mother out there, you're struggling and you feel like you're not going to make it, I'm here to tell you today, you have already made it. You have already made it. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you right now for any mother out there that's struggling and crying and worried about how they're going to feed their children, how they're going to provide for them in any type of way, Father God. Lord, I just want you to just begin to minister to their hearts, their minds, and their souls and spirits, God. Right now, speak to them and let them know that you are alive and that you are real, Father, and that you are with them in the midst of this hour right now, Lord, and that your hand is over them and their children, Father God. Lord, I just thank you right now for each and every woman out there, Lord. I'm asking you, Father God, to draw them near to you right now, Lord, as I pray. I claim this in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and the blood, Jesus, that they will hear this word, Father God, and that they will arise with new words, but they'll begin to speak blessings over themselves. They'll begin to speak blessings over their children, Father God. You'll begin to bless them financially, Father God, physically, spiritually, in every need that they need, Lord, tonight. I thank you, Father God. I give you all the honor, all the glory, and all the praise, Lord. Amen. Amen. Um, I just wanted to share, too, real quick in, in the beginning, as you of those that are watching that don't maybe know or have never been to Passion Church, you know, this is what our church looks like. And you go, well, what do you mean? Well, we're all mixed, okay? We're young. We're mature. I don't want to necessarily say old. We've got real young women. we got mature women. 
We've got, you know, all different colors. You know, Pastor always says we're like vanilla and chocolate swirl here. You know, so that's one of the things, too. You know, the enemy's fighting really hard right now. First, to get God out of everything and out of everywhere. Then he wants to get you out of church. Then he wants to bring strife and division amongst the brothers and sisters in the church. But remember, we all bleed the same. We just got different color houses. But this is what Passion Church is about. Amen. And, uh, and, and most of these women up here have, have all been with us from the very, we've been here about 14 years, um, just except for Natalie, came a little bit after we had been here. And, and then you'll see the other group that's up here tomorrow. There'll be a different uh, set of women. I'm telling you, God is doing a thing in Passion Church. Do not let what's going on get you distracted from the things of God. Amen. So we got another young lady that's going to share now, and that's going to be Keish. Okay. Good evening. I am going to be looking down because I had to type mine out so I can stay focused. Um, The subjects that we're going to touch on some will be fear anxiety and hopelessness Um, so I wanted to bring you all encouragement this evening that even when things look hopeless like they're worsening or that they're never going to change in your life that God can be or he already is our foundation whatever our seemingly impossibilities may be whether it's health issues, um, marriage issues, children, finances, as I said, fear, anxiety, or hopelessness. I wanted to start off uh, by reading um, Matthew seven twenty four and 25. Uh, it says, these words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life, homeowner improvements to your standard of living. They are foundational words, words to build a life on. If you work these words into your life, you are like a smart carpenter who built his house on solid rock. Rain poured down, the river flooded, a tornado hit, but nothing moved that house. It was fixed to the rock, and we are that house, and God is our rock. These are all elements that you feel... um, in the things that we go through, we feel it. It's not like we're invincible. but And sometimes these things seem like they come in extreme measures, like too much to carry. But like the word said, when the rain poured down, the river flooded, and the tornado hit, the house still stood during and all the way to the end of those elements. Um, the, the house stood because... God, in his word, says he's our very strong foundation, our solid rock. He's one we can always depend on, no matter what we're facing. And this, to me, is so comforting to know that when times appear and are extreme in our life, it didn't say if, but it says when we go through, you know, it's life. We're reminded in 2 Corinthians 5 and 7 that we walk by faith and not by sight. We're living our lives in a manner consistent with our confident belief in God's promises. So we have to remember to focus on his promises instead of what we're seeing during those times. 
And the last thing that I wanted to read um, concerning this is Daniel chapter 3, and it's verses 19 through 30. Seems long, but it won't be that long. Uh, King Nebuchadnezzar was so furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that his face became distorted with rage. And he was um, upset with them because they would not serve his gods. He commanded that the furnace be heated seven times hotter than usual. Then he ordered some of the strongest men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So they tied them up and threw them into the furnace, fully dressed in their pants, turbans, robes, and other garments. And because the king in his anger had demanded such a hot fire in the furnace, the flames killed the soldiers as they threw the men in. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, securely tied, fell into the roaring flames. But suddenly, Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, Didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did. They replied, Look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men, unbound, walking around in the fire, unharmed. And the fourth looks like a god. Then Nebuchadnezzar came as close as he could to the door of the flaming furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stepped out of the fire. Then the high officers, officials, governors, and advisors crowded around them and saw that the fire had not touched them. Not a hair on their heads was singed, and their clothing was not scorched. They didn't even smell of smoke. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angel to rescue his servants who trusted in him. They defied the king's command and were willing to die rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I make this decree, if any people, whatever their race or nation or language, speak a word against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they will be torn limb from limb, and their houses will be turned into heaps of rubble. There is no other God who can rescue like this. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to even higher positions in the province of Babylon. So God most definitely can and will turn things around for us when he's our foundation. No matter how much hotter the fire gets or seems, no matter uh, what may try to come against us, he's our solid foundation. So as we're growing through these real things during these times, God is more, always, much more than those things. So um, I also encourage us to make and keep him as our foundation and to also be there for one another when we're going through these hard times. That makes a big difference. I know I appreciate it. I hope that we can find comfort in knowing that no matter what we've done or they did to us or what we're going through, again, God is there. He's right there with us, and it's going to be okay. Amen. That's all. That's what I have. Okay. So I'll go ahead and pray. 
Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you for being our solid rock and our foundation. No matter what we see, Father, no matter what our emotions tell us to feel, Father, if we keep our eyes fixed on your promises, Father, we will go through, we'll grow through, we'll be a blessing, and others will be blessed through us, Father. I pray that you would um, encourage and help others that are going through extreme times through us father help us to be sensitive to know when a sister may not know you as their foundation to help them to know that they can lean and trust on you no matter what no matter how hot the fire may seem no matter how extreme the elements are father you are you will be and always is the same, our solid rock and our foundation. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. All right, now we're going to have Miss Natalie share, and she's going to talk about, you know, like Keisha was just saying, there's lots of stuff that's going on right now, and it's been easy to maybe you've been doubting, you know, maybe you've been doubting everything, anyone, whatever. So she's going to kind of talk a little bit about that and uh uh, I'm just so excited about what God is doing in our midst. You know, don't let the enemy steal from you during these times to let you miss out on what God is and will do for those, like Keisha said, keep your trust in him. Um, thank you, Pastor Sandy. Um, doubt. You know, I'm more of a teacher, so everybody gets a little lesson, okay? Um, we need to learn what doubt is before we can actually address it. To me, thank you, I'm sorry. I'm a teacher, I'm not a listener. Um, what is doubt? First, the definition is to call into question a truth of a matter. Number two, uncertainty of belief or opinion that interferes with the decision-making process. Three, a deliberate suspension of judgment. So, the opposite of doubt now is trust. The, the, is trust. But I'm going to start out with Genesis 3, 1 through 5. And what better way to find the root of the problem than to find out where it started, where the seed was first grown. Um, of course, we know that the creation was made where there was the only thing Adam and Eve had to talk to was the Lord. They never had conversation with anything else. They always were able to trust what the Father was saying to them. They communed with them every day, and I don't know how long they were there before um, Eve um, did what she did. Now, I'm not going to lay it at Eve's feet. Um, we have to remember, she was innocent she didn't wake up that morning and say, you know what, I think I'm going to go and eat that apple. None of us do, okay? Nobody wakes up in the morning with intent of absolutely disobeying and, turn and going into sin. You don't wake up and decide that once you have been saved and truly saved and know that the Lord is your Savior. So Genesis 3, 1 through 5, the serpent was clever more clever than any wild animal God made. So obviously there were more things that were clever. There were other animals. 
that were clever. So I'm going to say that Adam was tending to the other clever animals and didn't abandon Eve like some of the falsehoods say, or, or she wandered off by herself. She and her husband were to take authority over the animals. Okay? So she was taking authority over hers. Um, he spoke to the woman. Do I understand that God told you not to eat from the trees of the garden? Well, first of all, that's a trick question. The enemy is going to come to you with doubt with a trick question. He said, do I understand? Have I heard? Is that what you did? Is that what you said? The woman answered and said to the serpent, no, not at all. We can eat from the trees in the garden. It's only the tree in the middle of the garden that God said, do not eat, do not touch, or you shall die. Well, now, when we're in doubt, when we're in times like this, what are you doing having a conversation with the enemy? Why are you allowing his questions to enter into your mind? And I'm not chastising, trust me. I doubted three minutes when I was standing down there. Why have I done this? I'm not qualified. Um, so um, the next one is he, the serpent told the woman, you won't die. God knows the moment that you eat from the tree, you're really going to see what's going on. You'll be just like God, knowing everything ranging all the way from good to evil. Okay. Well, this was kind of disappointing. In her mind, it's like, well, gosh, he's holding something back from me. You know, he didn't tell me this. We've talked all of these years, decades, seons. I don't know how long it's been. But we've talked. In my mind, I don't, do I trust him? When the woman saw that the tree was good for eating, she realized what she would get out of it. She'd know everything. She took and ate of the fruit and gave it to her husband, and he ate. And therein lies the sin. Um, it's really only three steps from losing it all. Um, first of all, you doubt. Now, I doubt. Doubt is not a sin. Okay, don't let anybody tell you if you doubt something that it's a sin because doubt is just questioning what another person's opinion is. If you are young in the Lord and you don't know that much about the Bible, you know, you don't want to believe everything that some of the religious spirits say. You need to doubt, question. It's okay. Now, doubt when it's dwelt upon will turn into disappointment because now you don't really trust the person. People can make errors in their statements. People can actually make mistakes. And it's okay. But when I dwell on, well, did she really say that? Hmm. Well, from disappointment, it can go into an um, um, unbelief. And unbelief is the lack of faith. I do not believe anything else that you'll ever say again. I don't believe you. And then unbelief turns into disobedience. 
Now, that's the cycle of doubt, okay? But I am not going to dwell any longer on the bad part. What I am going to tell you is that there is a way to break the cycle. There is a way to have peace in your mind. There is a way to be victorious over these things. Now, it's going to take something on your part. Your part is this. You are a spirit. You live in a body. You have a soul. The spirits and the flesh are on one side of each other. The battle is for your soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Now, if you can get a handle on that, when that doubt comes in, you're going to have enough of the word in you to say, no, the word says that I'm to love my brothers and my sisters. When somebody says, you aren't able to do that, God has made me, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When the enemy comes in, uh-oh. when the enemy comes in and says that I am not worthy, when the enemy comes in and says that I am not worthy, no, I am the righteousness of God. I'm the righteousness of God. So I have doubted to the point of wanting to leave everything, including God. Not because I hated God, but because I didn't know. I didn't know. But as we learn and as we grow and as we encourage one another, you know, the enemy intentionally will sow these seeds of doubt. Half-truths. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be a bold-faced lie. It can be a half-truth. But um, they, he plants the seeds. And when we get distracted, like with this virus, with the racial tensions, with the, you know, the, just life in general, we've got kids at home, we've got husbands who don't work, we've got wiser at home, you know, you've got some of us who don't ever get a day off. You know, you've got, you know, people who are working hard, people who aren't working at all. You know, you, everybody's business is just there. You know, it's just there. We get distracted by that. We get weary from the drastic changes. You know, within 30 days, this entire nation transformed. 30 days transformed a nation. That is drastic. That is traumatic. You know, um, also, the quarantining, the masking, the constant cleaning. If you're a woman, you know, it's like, oh, you know, I've got to find Lysol, got to find Lysol. You know, instead of worrying about food, got to find Lysol, got to find spray, got to find, you know. And we kind of laugh at it, but it's the truth. It's stressful. And I doubt. I'm like, am I ever, am I ever going to get past this? God, did you do this? My trick question. Is this you, God? Is it? You know, and so the, it becomes the perfect soil for the seeds of doubt to take root in our mind. But the real question becomes, have you allowed your mind to be a place where that seed can grow? Are you renewing your mind daily? You know, put on the mind of Christ. 
Christ? How do we overcome doubt, fear, anxiety? We put on the mind of Christ. We guard our head with the shield of salvation, knowing that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Not a virus, not a quarantine, not a mask, not anything, not, not enough sanitizer, you know? We are protected by the love of God. And, you know, if we don't find joy in being able to laugh at this, our doubt is going to continue to get rooted, and doubt's going to become disappointment, and disappointment is going to turn around, and it's going to grow up to be unbelief, and the fruit of our labors is going to be sin. So, I had another story that I was going to say, but let me just put it to you this way. I heard Andrew Walmack. I, I have stopped listening to a lot of voices. Um, the Lord, as a personal testimony, and, um, in, and a lot of people in my church don't know this, so it's going to be a shock to you, but in January, I mean in June uh, of this year, um, I was diagnosed with a, a, a malignant form of skin cancer that it's small, it's a slight one, but I haven't shared it because the Lord said, don't give that thing a voice. Amen. It's not that I don't trust you. Don't give that thing a voice. Amen. And so I went through the surgery you know, I've, I've done all that. But you know what? The best thing is this, is that I only have a scar now. There's only a scar, a reminder of what trusting in God, believing for healing, and standing on the word that says, no, I will not doubt God's healing for me. I will not Listen to the enemy's voice. I will not give him a voice. No, the only thing I say is that my God is good. My God is faithful. He loves me. He strengthens me. Now, I know that that is kind of a little bit strange for some people who may be listening on Facebook. Maybe your denomination or your religion or you don't even have a church. You don't know the word. You don't, you've never been taught the word of faith. It's up to you to make the decision. Like I said at the beginning, we are a spirit. We have a body, the flesh. But we also have a soul and that is where the battle is. So renew your mind, trust in God, keep your emotions intact, and turn your will towards the Father because he loves you dearly. Now for all of you who doubt, anybody who says they haven't, I'm going to go ahead and have an altar call, okay? I'm going to go ahead and let you repent now. But anyway, I would like to pray for the, the people here and the people who are listening. Father, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Father, that you are understanding of us, that you know what we are made of. 
but you also know what we can become. Father, I thank you, Lord, that even though these times will cause us to doubt people, will cause us to doubt governments, will cause us to doubt abilities, will cause us to doubt even you, Father. Your loving kindness is greater to us. Your love towards us draws us, Father. Now, Lord, I speak against the enemy who is trying to plant seeds of doubt. I plead the blood of Jesus against the enemy's tactics to give a tricky question, to give an un-half-truth. Now, Father, I also speak blessing upon the people to know how to not give the enemy a voice. Don't allow it to be a part of your conversation. Now, Father, I declare wholeness over the minds of those who are tormented with doubt. Father, there is a healing for that. And I pray now, even as we speak, the Father's love is wrapping himself around you and bringing those things into captivity. Now, Father, I thank you for my sisters who are here, who I know that I can trust. But, Father, I ask you now to just send each person somebody who they can trust. Who they can trust a body, Jesus with skin on, who will let them talk to them and even divulge their deepest secrets to them, and they can trust them. And, Father, we thank you now for that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And so now we are going to have Tammy is going to share, and she's got a unique situation. She works at a a college, uh, which is currently not in session right now, right? Or we're going, are they going back? (laughs) Then she's got one, she's homeschooling, and then two young adults that are in college. So she's going to talk about the, the kids from that point of view and things that are going on. Uh, with that, um, I'm gonna have to remove my mic, my uh, mask, cause I can't really talk with it. It's too distracting. Um, um, as Pastor Sammy said, I do. I have um, children who range from ages of just now 13 all the way up to 21. So I have a, uh, a slightly just out of middle school uh, child, and then I have uh, two grown uh, children who are uh, in college and uh, have moved out of the home. And I really wanted to share about what this this pandemic, all of the um, seemingly just almost like, like Natalie said, overnight. It's like all of our worlds just got turned upside down. Um, and it was and I don't know if, um, I'm going to talk to Natalie right quick. I'm going to talk to Natalie. I don't know if you remember this, but one morning we were praying. And Natalie said this to me. She said, well, honey, everybody know, everybody that's near me know how, how, how full and busy my life is. So uh, she said, well, honey, I believe God about to give you, I just heard he's going to give you a 90-day rest. Uh, for about 90 days, you're not going to have to do not a sit down, but just a break rest. Well, I had no idea. (laughs) 
that it was going to be called coronavirus and quarantine. Absolutely. I was thinking, well, you know what? This might be a summer. I could take off work. Praise the Lord. But, um, but I thought about that when we went into this um, COVID season, and, and it happened just so quick. And I was, and when I, kind of the middle of it, and I thought about it, I said, well, you sure did tell me that, Lord, but you ain't tell me it was going to be like this. <laughs> um, so I really want to talk from the perspective of, as, mo as mothers and as women, we, um, we do, we have so much that we, uh, we don't just deal with our stuff. We deal with just about everybody's stuff that's around us. And it just kind of depends on how skilled we have become with managing that, how it's going to impact, impact us. And it does, in some ways, impact some, some way and some other ways. Um, I, when we went into this, this um, quarantine time, there were so many things happening on my job. Um, and then with the boys, I did get all of them back in my house for a short period of time where I was used to just a, a smaller crew. Then now the whole crew was back. And then they was not just back, they was back with the vengeance. Everybody at the same time, three boys and a husband that looked like they ate around the clock. I stayed in the kitchen cooking, seemed like 24-7. But along with that, you know, we, we, you know, the, the Bible tells us we live in this world. We're not of it, but that, but that doesn't mean we're not going to be impacted by the culture and the things that are all around. Um, so kind of want to talk from two perspective, uh, perspective, my older, my younger child, um, he has, um, some underlying conditions in the last, um, winter, this past winter season, February and, and January really, um, went through um, a couple of bouts with the with the flu like back to back so and they were pretty um, they were pretty scary because he had breathing issues and all of that and in fact the day that um, it looked like everybody got shut down the doctor called me specifically and said hey um, I know mama just checking on Bryson and then I just want you to know um, I don't want him going out in this environment and if and I would like for you all to limit your contact with other people so you won't bring anything back to him and so I and and everybody know my Bryson uh that know my Bryson my Bryson is full of questions and uh and so when you tell him something you have to really kind of package it in a you really have to be skillful in your packaging and so uh but but what what came out of that is, you know, I did see, you know, some concerns, and and right rightfully so, I understood his concerns. And then for me as mama, it definitely some fears and concerns with me with me as well because um, of everything that you know we were hearing in the medical profession and how detrimental this disease can be. So um, we had to just kind of go, and as as a family, we had to go. We know the word. But we really had to go back to the word and really go back to the word. I mean, and to really embrace it on a different level. And you know um, the, uh, that Paul said this. He said, we see through the glass dimly, but there shall come a time when we shall see clearly. So in, with every experience in life, you, it's another opportunity to get to know him in a different way. So 
immediately I started, Bryson, when we started talking about Psalm 91 and the protection that God provides for us in Psalm 91. So Psalm 91 became our anthem. I had Bryson, I said, put that in your mouth. The whole house, Barrow's putting it in his mouth. We were putting it in them. And every time something came on the tee that we were like, we was like the blood of Jesus, no perilous pestilence shall come nigh my dwelling. And I, and, and I just became really skilled with it. I said, I just thank your father that none of the Briggs body, the, the, we don't cooperate with the, cooperate with the coronavirus at all. It ain't no good environment for, so, but in that, we, it was like an overload, but in that, as we, as, as we, turned our faces back to that particular word, I just began to see where there was a lot of fear and anxiety. Uh, we, 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 we started transitioning. I could see a, another level of trust, another level of trust. And we needed that another level of trust because there was a different level of threat for us in that area. So, um, and I think, you know, I know that out of this time, I mean, I've gone in his room now, and I catch him um, listen to, listening to Keith Moore's scriptures on healing, going to sleep with that. It made him more inquisitive. He's asking me questions. When something come up, now he want to pray about it. So I would say that that was a win coming out of that. And then the other thing, family-wise, that I've been dealing with, you know, I have two older sons who are... Um, I know I might be a bit biased, but I think they about the cutest young black men on this earth. Uh, <laughs> and, um, and so they are, and, and the stages that they are in, we have always, we've raised our children in the word. We taught them. Where our kids have always been exposed to multiculturals. We are, they, they were born in a church that was multicultural. They went to school. Uh, with multicultural uh, children and friends. They've always had friends of every uh, race, ethnicity, and all of that. Um, but the truth of the merit and the hard truth of, of what was really, what really their experience is, they really have experienced this world and this country as black men. And they have experienced the injustices that go along with that. And I, but during this time, when this, when, when all of this racial tension, I remember the, the day when George, when this issue of, of the um, killing of George Floyd and how public that was, I, I remember sitting in my living room with uh, my men, all of my men, who looked just like George Floyd, and I saw in their faces, I saw the absolute concern and the hurt and the rage. And walking through this with my boys, what it made me understand is even as a black woman, although I understood some of the things that were was facing um, our race, I, didn't, I had never really walked it in the shoes of the men. And to see, and, and to see that in them, and then also to watch my um, young adult kids look there and they go just say, well, mama, that's just so wrong. That is just wrong, wrong. And then to hear responses of them dealing with um, seeing it and then kind of levels of insensitivity sometimes about it and then helping them. And when I saw, I saw my kids really go through stages 
Number one, they were angry about it, just absolutely angry. The other part, um, they not so fear, fearful. When, if, or when, when will I be next? Uh, will I be next? Then the third thing is then they hurt because of responses that, of them talking with friends and things and, and what they perceived as saying, hey, that's just in, in, incentive. How could anybody see that or see, or not really understand this? And so what I had, what Barry and I had to do is, first of all, I'm telling you, I started out being, I need to get some water because my mouth get a little dry. Um, excuse me. And I just thank God, really, for having a man of God who has served God all the days of my kid's life. And so, and when we first just started hearing, and we first thing, I mean, I was out the gate going, hey, putting the word on it, saying, hey, you know, this is the, uh, talking against, you know, division, saying that we are kingdom men, you are kingdom man. But you know what the Holy Spirit told me? Told me to shut up. He said, hush and listen. Hush and listen. And so as I settled down and listened, then he said, if you'll listen, I'll train them and I'll use you as an instrument to help them learn how to walk through this. And then, uh, so Barry and I, we just started just letting them have conversations about. Uh, and when, they, when things came out that we knew was straight up the devil, and that it was an attempt for the enemy to try to pull them away from what their uh, true belief system was. We challenged that. Uh, we put the word of God on that. And then uh, one of the things that God told me early on with my boys is that this. He said, always speak to the king, because they are kingdom men. Always speak, no matter what you see. Speak to the king that's in them. So when they said things that I knew was out of anger and hurt and disappointment, then my response, I listened to them. And then our response, bare response, my response to them. But hey, we, tell me how that lines up with what the word of God says. And then after we got over letting them listen to that, listening to the hurt part, then we started challenging them, okay? Um, and I said this to pastor one day. We, we, uh, pastor like, you praying? I said, yes, pastor, I'm praying. And he was like, man, man, this, keep praying. And I said, so and I turned around and I told pastor, I said, pastor, you know what? It might be the worst of times, but it's also the best of times. There's some bad things going on, but it's the best of times if we'll open the door and give him an opportunity. Give him an opportunity. So, just like I said about the pandemic and all of that, we know the word, but we had to go to a deeper level in the word. So I told, and you know, I told the boys, I said, look, the, the thing that the enemy wants out of this, he wants to divide. He wants the church to not look like the church. And he wants to use this as an, I'm saying, but I'm going to tell you what God wants. 
He wants to take this opportunity and set a platform that we as a body can come together and really show the world that we can be a people that not only talk the talk, we can absolutely walk the walk. So I have encouraged them, be kingdom men. So when the stuff comes, say what the word says. The other thing, we, all of us, the whole Briggs household, we done sat down over in the school of unity. The school of unity and oneness. I gave them opportunities. We went and got word. There's many voices out there who have, God has done things and is doing things about how to do this. And uh, got them listening to scriptures. And in the other thing, it has challenged us too, is to take our beliefs to another level. And not just talk about what we want to see, but absolutely be the change that we want to see. And that's what I believe that God is desiring in this time. And I'll tell you something, Natalie. The thing that got me the most is I'm studying and I'm studying and I'm studying and I'm reading and I heard, I read, I read this statement, and it just grabbed me like a, I, don't, I can't even explain it. Tony Evans said this. He said, to choose to live divided, whether it's in your home, in your family, in your church, on your job, in your community, in your nation, and in your world. To choose to do that is to sacrifice your spiritual authority on the altar of discord. And I said from that point on, I said, that's too high a price for me to pay. I can't give the devil opportunity to everything I got. Because what I got is too precious. What I got, what I see, what God has given to me, it's too precious. So, and I... I, um, I, and, and the scripture that really has become my anthem since all of this stuff started unfolding is, is, is uh, John 17, 20, and 21. Well, Jesus was talking to the disciples before he was getting ready to go to the Father, and he said, Lord, make them one. He said, I pray this not just for them, but I pray this for those who will believe yes. because they believe. He said, make them one so that the world will absolutely know that you sent me. You sent me. And I'm just telling you, my sisters, that spirit of division that has run rampant in this country and it is crossed not just race lines. Exactly. It is all up in families. It is all up in marriages. It is all up in sister to sister. The walls. The enemy. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I believe God is calling all of us. To a new place. Of locking arms together. And showing the world that when we come together, 
live together, love together, and walk together, nothing will be withheld from us. Yes, yes, yes. So I'm, I'm going to pray, and let's go to the throne of grace over this. Father, we just, first I want to thank you. That you are so good to us, you wouldn't dare leave us in any kind of state that would prevent us from having your highest and your absolute best. So I want to thank you for pursuing us, even when we didn't know we needed to be pursued. Thank you for loving us, even when we didn't know that we were lovable. And Father, we left all of these things that we have discussed with you and talked about. We've left those mothers who may be having their babies and their children coming to them asking questions that they really don't have the answer to. But Father, we just thank you that tonight and this day forward, they absolutely are your sheep and they know your voice. And we just declare that the blood of Jesus over their ears. And we declare that the presence of the blood on their ears, that it nullifies any contaminants that the evil one would try to send. And we thank you, Father, that they will hear your voice and they'll follow your leading. And they'll hear and they will know. Father, I thank you for that. Where there has been hopelessness and brokenness and feeling of alone and separation, we thank you, Father, that there is a spirit of unity. And we declare that as sisters of, and the keepers of our sisters, that we are shod with a spirit of reconciliation. And you're reconciling us to you while reconciling us to each other. And we declare that we will leave out of this time. Being a better demonstration of your love, Father. We thank you that you're covering every spirit of hurt, spirit of deception, and everything that does not give glory to your name. We thank you, Lord, that in this day, that Jesus, the name of Jesus, reigns supreme. And Father, we thank you. Although there may be words that are coming out among us that's talking doom and gloom, we as a people declare that this day, these days, are better days. Better days, better days, better days, better days. Because we're looking to you, Father, as the lifter of our head. As the healer of the broken hearts. As the restorer. And the deliverer. And we'll give you glory. Honor. And praise. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well I'm going to go ahead and. and uh, amen. Close out. <clears throat> uh, with what God had. Had spoken to me. And, you know, I'll tell you, the, the enemy, like every woman has said here, is working overtime in each and every one's life, in every kind of situations. I mean, all kinds of stuff. 
But, you know, what is... What has always been our motto, this is our ninth Just Believe conference, Mark 9, 23, is all things are possible to him that believes. And I'm telling you, that's what you got to do, is you're going to have to just believe what he's saying. Not what everybody else is saying, not what the news is saying, not what everybody else is screaming is. What is God is saying? That is when all things are possible, when we will choose to believe him. Um, you know, we, I had called this about heart to heart and you're not alone. And I want you to know that, that you're not alone first. God is with you, but you've got women here in this house that are praying. And even tonight, you know, we knew that there were going to be people watching and we were, we've already been praying and interceding God for everyone that was going to tune in. Some can't tune in because they don't have Facebook, but they will be notified to say, look, you can go visit the website. And once you visit our website now, mypassion.church, Alex City. It'll have the most recent uh, service on there, which will be this one. You know, now once tomorrow it will change, but right down below that it'll say you can go and watch, and it'll immediately take you to YouTube, or you can go to YouTube. But I'm telling you, if you're not watching now, or if you are watching, encourage. You know, let other women know that weren't able to come or weren't able to watch. Tell them they need to go find this and watch this tonight, and tomorrow is going to be good too. But listen. In Hebrews 2, 1, it says, be not troubled. It talks about being not troubled. Let me read it to you. It says, we must pray, the mo- pay the- we must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard, okay, so that we do not drift, drift away. In Hebrews 2, 1, in the King James Version, it says, therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest any time we should let them slip. Now, in the NIV, it says, we must pay most careful attention, therefore, to what we've heard, so we would not drift away. That's so, don't be troubled, okay? I'm telling you, you know, because if you get troubled, you will drift away, and you'll drift in the wrong direction. Remember, this is a spiritual battle, It is not against flesh and blood. It is not against one another. And that's what the enemy wants you to do. This is a spiritual battle, so you need to pray. But you've got to not be troubled. Listen, if the news troubles you, then quit watching it. Quit listening to it. And just take that time then to turn on a Christian station. Get yourself built up. Because if you get troubled and stay troubled, you will drift away. We've got to pay attention. Stay with the word. I'm not going to read this, but you can do this for your homework. In Luke 10, 38 through 42, Mary chose the one thing. The one thing that was really important, the one thing that was really needed, she sat at Jesus' feet. We need to sit at Jesus' feet. And if we sat at Jesus' feet more and prayed more, we'd have less time to be pointing our fingers at everybody and everything and letting our hearts become troubled and in turmoil. And then, like Natalie said, then you're going to start getting down. Then you're going to get angry. Then you're going to get sad. Then you're going to get mad. Well, stay with the Word of God so you can get glad. Get some joy and get some peace, but it won't come unless you sit at His feet. Listen. Hear the word. Stay with the spiritual things. Quit getting that. Listen, it doesn't mean we don't listen. We don't hear. 
But then we go to the Lord in prayer. It's just like when you go to the doctors and they tell you you got cancer or you got some kind of disease, okay? That's not the final report. You take what they've said and now you give it to God. Take all of this that's going on and give it to God. Quit trying to carry it. Quit trying to fix everybody. Quit trying to give your opinion, and let's just stay with the Word. Stay with the spiritual things. Don't get stuck on what's going on around you, or you're going to start carrying it. Then you're going to get troubled. Then you're going to get upset. Then you're going to say a lot of crap you shouldn't have said. Then you're going to be in regret. Okay? Let's just take some time to stay with the spiritual things and pray so that you won't get troubled and drift away. You will become full of care, okay, unless we stay with the one thing. And what's the one thing? The Word of God. Staying at the feet of Jesus in the midst of what everything that's going on, the one thing that's needful, the one thing that is a necessity is the Word of God. Stay at Jesus' feet. And when we do this, all this other stuff will take care of itself. It'll be all right if you're walking with him. Like I say here every Sunday, in the time of famine, you will be blessed. You will be the head and not the tail. You can be whole and made healed and delivered and set free. But you're going to have to remain in him. Stay at his feet. What and who are you focusing on? Be careful, because what and who you're focusing on is going to begin to show out in your actions, your word, your responses, in your body. So stay focused on him. Take the word of God. Listen, now this is important. Take the word of God, which is the seed, and plant it into the soil of your heart. Quit planting the garbage of the news and all of what everybody else is telling you and plant God's word, that seed, down into the soil of your heart. Get it down in there and get it down in there really deep because when you do, it'll bring forth a harvest. It'll bring forth a good harvest. You don't want all this other stuff. You want to bring forth God's harvest of love and joy and peace and wholeness and healing and prosperity. Amen? You want the plenty of God in every area of your life. Just believe. Declare I'm an overcomer. That I will be blessed to be a blessing. That I'm going to go about my father's business. I'm going to go about the kingdom business. There's people out there that need to hear from you and me. Jesus with skin on. They need to know that there's a God. They need to know that there's a deliverer. There's a healer. There's a savior out there that loves them. And wants to be there for them. So you need to start saying God's word and need to start saying yes and amen to everything that God has for us in his word. So, Father, right now, I just thank you. 
We just send forth, God, every word that's been spoken, every seed that has been planted tonight into the hearts of your people, both men and women, both young and old, of every race and every creed. We thank you, God, tonight that hearts have been touched. Hearts, God, have been witnessed to. The soil of their heart, God, has been made new, and, and, and we've dug up some old stuff. We've dug up the hurt. We've dug up the anger. We've dug up, God, what don't need to be there. And we declare, God, that your word will be planted into good ground, into their heart, into the soil of their heart. We thank you right now for your healing, both physically and emotionally. We thank you right now that people may be listening and feel that hopeless. But tonight they've been given hope. Tonight they see victory. Tonight they see victory. They already see the victory. God, I declare right now that people even been looking everywhere else. They're going to begin to look in the mirror of your word and quit looking at everything else and begin to say what you say. Frame their world with your words and begin to walk in what you're saying. Begin to declare what they don't feel. What they don't see, but they're going to start saying, God, what you say. And when we begin to say and line up with your word, we will have, God, what you have declared over our lives. We declare, God, destinies coming forth. God, we're causing right now even those that have thrown their dreams away, that have felt there's nothing left anymore, that they've even thought about taking their life. I declare tonight, right now, life come to them, God. We declare victory. Dream again. Dream again. This too shall pass. This is not the end. Not for the believer. Stand up and arise. Arise and see the glory of God is upon you for such a time as this. Stand and be a witness for God. Oh, we're praying for each and every one right now that has felt weak, that has just felt discarded, that has just felt disconnected and separated and don't see any way back. I declare right now that God, they are lifting right now. They're even standing up because they feel hope. They're standing up. They've allowed the lie of the enemy to tell them to quit God, quit church. It's just not even worth it. Stay to yourself. I declare right now, no, no, no. Together we are better, and we need one another. And we thank you for it, Father, and we give you the praise. And right now, if you've never accepted Jesus as Lord of your life, we want to give you an opportunity. I'm going to ask everybody here to pray this with me. We're going to say, Dear Lord. Come into my life. Be Lord of my life. I believe you died on that cross. You died for me. You took all of my sins. All of my sickness and diseases. And God, I have hope tonight that I can walk with you. That I can have that place in heaven. God, I thank you right now for coming into my life being Lord of my life and directing my steps. I declare that everything right now that I've done wrong, I lay it at your feet. I give it over to you and I won't pick it up again. And I thank you for your forgiveness and for your love and your mercy. In Jesus' name, amen.
Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church. Thank you.